0: Thanks for listening to the Real Life Podcast. If you live in the Erie area, we invite you to join us in person on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. or live on Facebook and YouTube by searching Real Life Assembly. Now, here's this week's message. We're talking about mission and, and ultimately this challenge of mission impossible. Now, I think that half of the crowd might not even realize this today, but there was a mission impossible before there was a mission impossible with Tom Cruise. Come on, anybody? Yes? Yeah, a few of you? Now, now the premise has stayed the same. Uh, there was a specialized group of operators who were given a mission that no one else could accomplish, and for all intents and purpose, it was an impossible mission, but But I want to share today that this premise goes uh, way back before the 90s with Tom Cruise and and even before the 60s with Peter Graves. Can I get an amen from us old people in the house today, right? That today I want to talk about what is it that is current in our lives today. Because here's what I found out. Often the task... That we are called to live out here, just in our life, and certainly as followers of Jesus, at times seems uh, whether impossible, if not at least improbable. There are things that come into our life, circumstances, and again, maybe they hit uh, out of the blue, or, or some decisions, or choices that we have made, or some Push that we feel from the Holy Spirit to be able to step into things. And oftentimes our first reaction is that it is in the realm of at least the improbable, if not the impossible. I would imagine if you've walked with Jesus for any amount of time, you've probably said no to him or the Holy Spirit once or twice, right? You've realized that that mission seems impossible, that that, that I could never accomplish that. This could never happen, that it's too big for me to step in, let alone see it All the way through, and I want to talk to you about some of the stories, not only here at Real Life, but from God's Word that helps us to recognize the mission that God has wanting to lay in front of each and every one of us. In this month of mission that we have talked about, we heard a couple of weeks ago, I interviewed a number of people, Ray and Alex were a couple of guys, and we realized as part of those stories, we heard about a medical diagnosis that had the flavor of the improbable in regards to healing. When we began to hear Ray's story and everything that the doctors were laying out, it seemed as if the idea of healing or a normal life might be impossible in his situation, only to know that God was able to step up and do what nobody else can do, amen? And then we heard from a a 20-something who identified as an agnostic when he first showed up at Real Life, and within a year, not only found a meaningful relationship with Jesus, but now has found meaning and purpose in life by serving in the church, and has found a year ago something that would have been improbable, if not impossible, that we realize that God has invested his mission into a young life, and now going to see that lived out and played out in a wonderful, wonderful way. I read to you a letter that uh, from a new friend of mine I met by the name of Jay. And after accumulating what the world would simply call success, a, a million-dollar owner, a, a big investor in the where he could have just kind of rested on all the accolades and, and all the accomplishments, realized that really it, it it hasn't done anything for me. The applause and the, the praise of man has done nothing but but really left me empty. And and he spent some time away and he he wrote this rest of my life mission statement. In fact, Jay and I are going to be on a phone call together this Wednesday. Because I want to surround myself that believe that at times we face missions that seem impossible but there are people that are willing to push through to know that there is a God of the impossible. Can you say amen with me today? That there are those that can surround us. Listen, when it gets hard for us when it seems like I don't know where the answer is going to come from. Listen, the answer may not come from those around us but it's going to feel good to have them in my life as we collectively go to a God that can defy the impossible odds and do something great in our lives. You see, there may be a mission impossible in front of you, but I'm believing today that you are going to stretch yourself and that you are going to believe that there is a God of the possible that stands around us today. In fact, this story is going to continue next week. We're going to be joined by Eric Hoffman. He leads, uh, of all of the assemblies of God, he leads all of our young people by way of a missions outreach uh, every year. And so he works in our national office in Springfield, Missouri. And his job is to motivate this generation to do something more by way of helping our missionaries spread the gospel around the world. He's gonna come, I know, and share a dynamic word with us. And over these last two years, uh, our Speed the Light program that's the Youth Missions Outreach Arm, has partnered with WorldServe and with David Bongiorno and others that are committed with WorldServe. They've partnered that that the youth of America, the youth of our Assemblies of God churches, they are going to commit to raise, listen to this, $3 million this year to donate through WorldServe so that we can put clean water in Africa. They are now going out with what they are calling the Navajo Nation. that we are going to places on reservations and to our native people here in America and doing the same thing by bringing not only the life-giving physical water but life-giving spiritual water of Jesus Christ. And WorldServe made a commitment that if our students raise three million dollars, they have a benefactor that will match that dollar for dollar that will provide a six million dollar gift to clean water through the students of America Going out and facing something that seems uh, somewhat improbable if not impossible, right? I know some of you may be in your minds right now, say Pastor Jim, for our students to raise three million dollars like how how could that how could that even be possible well You don't know what happens when people are committed to a cause that give themselves to a God who is the God of the impossible. So let me just kind of clue you in that last year, the students of our Assemblies of God churches collectively, for all of our missions projects around the world, raised $17 million for missions. $17 million for projects around the world. You see God has a habit. Here's where I want us to go today. God has a habit of giving people a mission impossible. And when they accept, he fulfills his eternal promise to make anything and everything possible. You see a lot of times I think we want to kind of shy away from the impossible because I know our first thought is I don't know how I could do that. You see, and that's exactly the place where God wants us to be. God wants to envision us with these feelings of the impossible so that when we say yes, that God begins to fulfill his plan and purpose and reveals to us that he can make anything and everything possible. And I want to give you a couple of truths today because when you step in to that life of faith, Listen, it becomes cataclysmic. It becomes something that multiplies and magnifies more than we could ever have foreseen of where that simple step of faith could have taken us. I mean, the Bible is full of examples and moments like that. Noah was called to build a boat in the middle of the desert to save people from an, intend, an impending flood that the world had never seen, had known nothing about that was coming to destroy the whole world. While, Moses, while Noah was building that boat in the middle of the desert, right, for this impending flood, how many believe there had to have been a lot of naysayers walking by, Right? What are you doing, right? That seems so unbelievable. Like this is so improbable, maybe even impossible, this thing that you are doing. Moses, he would be put into a little reed basket. And yet this child of slavery, hear me today, church. This child of slavery would be raised in the house of the king. How improbable, right, that this family trying to save their little kid from extinction would grow up in the house of the most powerful man on the planet. Later, he would stand in front of a bush that was consumed by flames yet was not burning. Impossible, we would say. But you see, we begin to step into the realm of how God operates. All we have to do is say yes. We don't have to accomplish it. We just have to say yes. And that's when God begins to engage and be able to do things that fulfill his plan and purpose for our life. To reveal that with God we can do everything and anything. Because we walk with the God Of the impossible. How many know one was thrown into a lion's den and had the best sleep of his life? Right? Impossible! Three, we heard as part of a little pre message this morning, three were thrown into a fiery furnace. And not only would they walk out of the fire, but when they came out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Come on, church, say amen with me today. You see, some would say impossible. See, some thought it was not only improbable, but absolutely impossible for a shepherd boy armed with only a slingshot to face a battle-proven warrior giant. But here's what I want you to write down. Here's what I want you to engage with me this morning, when we think about our mission. When we think about some of the things that God is asking for us that seem beyond us, that that seem as if I don't know that my mind can comprehend. I don't know that I could get there from, from this vision or this desire that I have in my spirit. You see, David knew something that a lot of us don't. When it comes to facing situations that seem improbable or even impossible. And here's what I want you to connect with me this morning. Facing the impossible will have a different reaction based on how many times you've faced the impossible. Listen, I'm going to be real with you this morning. We've all faced somewhat improbable, impossible situations. And that first one is scary. That first one is a wall that seems like it's 1,000 feet tall and 1,000 feet thick. And unfortunately, a lot of people, when they are hit, with the improbable or even the impossible, it's a one and done. It just seems too big. It just seems too overwhelming. Like I don't know what to do. And it's in that moment of faith that unfortunately we lose a lot of giant killers. It's in that moment of decision where we back down from the obstacle that's in our way rather than moving forward. You see, David knew in this moment what a lot of us still struggle to understand. First Samuel chapter 17 tells us about this story. So David is brought before King Saul. He's the, the king at the time. David, just this small shepherd boy. And so Saul wants to hear about this one person who turns out to be a kid that's willing to go down now after 40-some days of hearing Goliath just berate them and berate the God of Israel down in the valley. He's got to find out what makes this kid tick. And so Saul, as, as he hears about David, says, you are not able to go against this Philistine and fight him, for you are just a boy, and this man has been a warrior from his youth. How many say, well, that's a great word of encouragement to go down, right, to do something big and impossible for God, right? They're asking for a volunteer, they're asking for someone to step up, to step in, and David says, hey, I'm your man, here I am. And the first thing that the king says is, no, there's no way. You're not able to do this. Anybody ever have any naysayers in their life, right? Anybody, the first thing out of their mouth is a no, not a yes, that you can't, that versus you can? And so David is believing. But how did David have this kind of faith to believe? Well, see, this wasn't the first faith-filled moment in David's life. This wasn't the the very first obstacle that he was facing. So David says to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when a lion and a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock. I went after it and I struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. Listen to this. And then it turned on me. So I seized it by its hair, I struck it down, and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine is going to be just like one of them. Somebody say amen. You see, David knew something that most of the other soldiers didn't. David had some faith-filled moments to recognize that There is a God that can do the impossible. All I've got to do is stand up and move. You see, that first one is scary. But why Goliath, God, was faithful then to David is because he had some things to rely on. Where God was faithful then, God will be faithful now. Somebody say yes with me. Some of you need to hear as God's revelation is unfolding in your spirit and in your life. And that wall that still seems a 1,000 feet tall and a 1,000 feet thick is going to come crumbling down today as you recognize more than ever before that God is the God of the impossible, that God can restore, that God can heal, that God can deliver, that he is the same God then, he is the same God now. You see, our first faith-filled experience can truly be a scary time. I mean, let's face it. It's called impossible for a reason. Hello? We call it an impossible situation because that's the way we perceive it. We don't have an answer. We can't turn it around. We can't make a person do what, what we need them to do. And so we just kind of throw our hands up. And for more believers than not in our churches, it's a once and done. Like we've faced it, but we let it get the better of us. I had lunch with somebody this past week, and we were just kind of talking about church life. And, and they asked me about, about my church planting experience, coming back to Erie and, and with real life. And, and he asked me kind of this question that kind of spurred the conversation. He said, was it hard? Was it hard? See, when I, when I get to unpack my story a little bit, Debbie and I were pastoring a, a good church down in the Harrisburg-Hershey-Lancaster area. We had just built our first home, built it from scratch. It was just a, an amazing time in our life. Jimmy was heading off to college. Jocelyn was doing well in school. And in the midst of that, we felt this nudge to leave all of that and do something we had never done before, had no idea how to do it, how it works, who to talk to, but we just felt this nudge. In the moment, it seemed improbable for sure, and possibly even impossible, you but in this relation, it's hard to remember how hard it was because I know a lot of you that as we began to make that transition of, about coming to Erie and, and talking about the possibility, Debbie was diagnosed with cancer. And so she was going through cancer surgeries and treatments and I was running back and forth between Erie and Harrisburg almost a couple of times a week checking on the possibilities of of what could happen here and then running back to check on my wife and everything that was happening in her life. During that time, listen, I slept in people's campers. I slept in their spare bedrooms. I even slept in this building a, a couple of times. A few days before we even signed the paperwork on this building, uh, I got an alert that a pipe had broken in the church, and this entire front part of the sanctuary was flooded. We bought the building in March, and just kind of in that freeze and thaw cycle, a, a pipe had burst, and, and we walked in and just saw water everywhere. We thought, what are, what are we going to do now? How is this going to How is this going to be resolved? And we came to find out that because we hadn't signed the paper yet, it was still on the previous owner to make all of the fixes. And listen, I don't feel great about that because it was another local great church here in Erie. But at the end of the day, at that moment, better them than me, right? Because I had nothing. Like, we, I had nothing to do to be able to fix that. And God stepped in and was faithful in that moment. I, I think about, obviously, we're not... Like necessarily super high tech at real life but i look about you know our our cameras that we have for our live streaming and our lights and our led and our screen or whatever you know some of you there's only a couple of you that really might remember the beginning days i mean we had these two little wonky speakers that that stood right here and we had one guy on a guitar that was willing to help us for a while and, 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 you know, the sound was squealing all the time. Nobody knew how to run sound. The, the video projector, we used to place right here in the middle, in the center aisle by the front row. And we had this little portable, this screen that would drop down. And so I had to be careful. We were trying to put our notes on. But, but if I got too carried away, my head was magnified up on the screen because that's where the projector was at the time. I mean, I look back at those days. Yeah, you thought I have a big head then, right? <laughs> I look back on those days and and I recognize like this it seems so improbable so impossible in the moments. You know when you plan a church like you you're usually not loaded with money. I mean it's you know kind of the Peter Paul scenario. You're just kind of hoping, like, at times we would, like, count the offering, like, run it to the bank. So, like, whatever checks we ran out, that there was going to be money there to cover whatever we needed in the moment. And over our years, we've never been flooded with money. You've been faithful, but, but this has been a, a heck of an undertaking for us to take on. There, there were some years back, I didn't take a paycheck for seven weeks. You say, Pastor, that, that seems impossible. no. Because there's a God who always provides. There's a God who, when you believe, when you step into it, right? I, 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 you could have quit. You could have saw as a wall and given up. Or you could to realize. listen, this is just another step in the journey. Listen, God's been truly faithful. And we've got some great leaders and good financial position where we're at today. But there have been months or there have been parts of the year where, listen, there, there have seemed to be like seemingly financial Catastrophe possibly ahead, and, and someone would come to me, a bookkeeper, or, and, and they'd say, Hey, Pastor, and, and I, I, all I ever do is this. I'm like, just right here. They're like, What is that? I'm like, Steady hand. Do you see it shaking? Do you see wavering? No, it looks dead straight. I'm like, Yeah. You know why it's dead straight after 13 years? Because this isn't the first time. It's not the first time. It's not the first time I had to run to the bank on Monday, put a few dollars in, and kind of go, I hope that covers this week. Right? Listen, you know what I'm talking about from your own life. You're like, how is this going to be? And yet, week by week by week by week. A couple of years ago, a local bank came to us. Listen, when we first got started, we couldn't get a bank to talk to us, as most church plants can't. They're like, listen, you're too big of a risk. But a couple of years ago, we had a local bank come to us and said, pastor, we'd love your business. We'd love to be your bank, and here's what we're willing to do for you. Don't you love being in moments where, like, you are totally just kind of wigged out inside, but you're trying to put a straight face like like you're in control? Like, you're darn right you want to kind of deal with real life, right? You're you're right you want our business, right? All the time you're just, like, quivering inside. Like, don't screw this up. Don't screw this up, right? We need them. And all the time God is just saying, listen. You undertook a mission. You're being faithful. Hear me today. I'm going to be faithful to you. I'm going to be faithful to you. Was it hard? Yeah. But I looked at him and he followed up with a question, would you do it again? And I said, absolutely. In a heartbeat. You see, there's something about when you know that you know. You see, the first one is scary, for sure. The first one seems like bigger, and I don't know how, I don't know how this is ever going to work out. But there's a God who sees far beyond what we see. There's a God who knows what he puts inside of us, that if we stay open and humble, and we stay reflective of who he is, that God will do everything and anything to bring out his purpose through our lives. Here's the second thing I want you to hear this morning. You see, the truth is, the first time we face the impossible, it may cause us to act entirely the wrong way. So keep listening to the right voice. You see, this is tough for you say, well, Pastor, this is like my first time. Like, how do I know? You got to know. You see, to do something big and great for God, it's not like on your own efforts. It's not, it's not your own kind of great wisdom that you have. God has way more wisdom than we have. Right? And so part of it is, is making sure that our heart is always connected to him, that our ear is always connected to his voice. Because listen, at times in the journey, on the mission, you could possibly not hear the right voice. Let me tell you how this works out. In Israel's escape out of Egypt... God brought them to the shores of the Red Sea. Are you with me? Like, I don't know which way they wanted to go, but the Bible says that God, the Spirit, directed them towards the Red Sea, towards the impossible. I mean, we would have thought, no, I want the highway, like the fastest way out of town. But God led them by way of the Red Sea. And while all they saw in front of them was this overwhelming ocean, What was coming behind them was even more devastating. Pharaoh had unleashed his army to hunt the Israelites down and to kill them all. But you see, this impossible thing was relatively new to them. See, it wasn't like a David situation yet. They needed to know that when I face something impossible, when I look in front of me, no way. When I look behind me, it's even worse. God, why am I here? And Israel could have said that. But God led them by way of the Red Sea because God wanted to reveal to them what their decision could do, not only in the now, but in the hereafter. This is going to be something that you're going to bank on because there are going to be other impossible situations, and you're going to be able to go like David did because you realize you already faced an impossible situation, and God was overwhelmingly faithful. God overwhelmingly provide a miracle that I am never going to doubt his hand on my life again, and so God, give me a big mission. Give me a bigger mission to go after because I know that you are faithful, but you got to listen to the right words, uh, the right voice when it comes to these big steps of faith. So Exodus 14, Moses answered the people. They were like, what are we going to do now? Great job, Moses. Way to lead us in front of, of, of this ocean, and then now we're kind of trapped and Pharaoh is coming behind us. And so Moses, everybody say Moses. Moses answers the people, do not be afraid, stand firm. For you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring to you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see them again. The Lord will fight for you, you only need to stand still. Now be careful before you say amen with me. Because how many think, man, that's awesome, that's an awesome word, right? Careful, careful. You think, man, Pastor, I'd go to war on that. I'd believe that. You're right, man. We're, I mean, we're here in no man's land. This is the death zone. And Moses gets up and he said, listen, I know it looks crazy, but just stand still. Just stand here. I mean, we'd all want to say amen when we read that today. I'm just going to stand here and, and watch God do all the heavy lifting and do this incredible thing. But here's what I want you to hear with me today when we get a hold of a mission that God has for us when it seems not only improbable but even impossible before us. The truth is moving forward when you have no options left. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Are you saying that Moses was wrong? Are you here to tell me that I shouldn't be listening to Moses' voice? Well, yes. Why? Because there's another voice that spoke in this story. There's another voice that showed up in the midst of the impossibility. You see, even when what stands before us looks impossible, faith cries out that we move forward. Can I ask you a question this morning? How many could tell me the names of any of the other Israelite soldiers who were waiting to go down and fight Goliath? Can anybody just call out their names right now? Come on, any of them. Any names. Come on, there were thousands of them. Somebody has a name. Oh, you have no names of those who hid and stood still behind the rocks. Can you shout out the name of the one who, in the midst of an impossible situation, did not stand still but moved down into the valley. Do you know his name? What is his name? Oh, you all know his name. You know the name of the one that got up to move, not those who hid back and stood still. You see, there was another voice in Exodus chapter 14. Moses said, listen, just stand still. But the very next verse says, but then the Lord cried out to Moses. Why are the people crying out? Tell the children of Israel to get on their feet and move on. Whoa, somebody say, huh? I mean, how many would have stuck with Moses? Sounds like good advice to me, right? I'm just going to, hey, God, thanks for the vision, but like, I'll just sit here and watch you do it all. No. (laughs) God says, listen, if I'm going to give you an impossible mission, I expect you to move on it. Stop standing still and go after it. Listen, is the first one scary? Absolutely. Is the God of yesterday the God of today and tomorrow? Absolutely. Listen, you can listen to Moses or you can listen to God. Who are you going to listen to? you going to listen to God every time. God says, tell the children to get on their feet and move. I'm sure Moses like, how is that even possible? God said, take your staff and put it across the waters and watch the waters part on either side and you're going to walk through on dry ground. Listen, you might say impossible, but there was a dusty trail of Israelites walking through the middle of the Red Sea. Why? Because they didn't stand still. They got up and they moved. Listen, how is the gospel gonna go around the world? How are our kids gonna raise six million dollars? They're gonna get off their feet, they're gonna get off their backsides. How is the world gonna know? We're gonna get up out of the church and there's gonna be a mission inside of us to take the gospel to lost and hurting people. Not gonna stand still. We're going to advance the gospel. Some say, listen, pastor, that sounds impossible. Great. It might be your first time, but I want you to know there are people that have walked the trail before you and have seen God show up, be faithful over and over again. Here, let me just kind of blow your mind this morning. In Scripture, there are only two things that cause Jesus to marvel. There's only two experiences where Jesus marveled. And that's when he saw great faith in the people, and that's when he saw great unbelief in the people. That's the only time that really caught Jesus' attention. His accolades to people were either over the great faith that they showed, or the disappointment in their lack of belief. Jesus marveled at that. Let's let that sink in For a minute. You see, you and I, we just simply have two choices in our mission. We're either gonna act in faith or act in unbelief. So I I, I wanna begin to just kind of close, but give you a couple of thoughts for today. What is your mission marked with? Is your mission marked with faith or unbelief? There really isn't any middle ground. You gotta pick one or the other. You see, faith is always the key to move forward. We are not called to stand. We are called to advance. Say amen with me today. We are called to advance. Advance in faith, challenging the impossible. You see, I thought I know that we are living in tough times right now. But here's one truth of, of, of where our faith oftentimes can be seen the most. You see, one of the facts of not tithing when it deals with our money, it's not only disobedience, right, when we, when we don't follow through in what Scriptures tell us about tithing, but it's also a lack of faith and a lack of experience. That's why, again, we, we still haven't got the concept that it's not ours, That we're just simply stewards, we're managers of what God has given us. And somehow we, again, instinctively feel this right, that it's all ours. And I get to dictate where it goes and how it goes. And it, it messes up a lot of people. And this idea of tithing sometimes really challenges people. But here's what I want you to realize with me today. You see, at the beginning... When we come to faith and we start hearing about tithing or, or, or letting us realize being that we are stewards and managers, we can't understand how we could give 10%. We look at our budget and we're just like, like, Pastor, I'm tapped out. Like I hear you talking about tithing and I know that that's a significant part for the gospel and for the church, but listen, the way I see it, hello. The way I see it, like, it's impossible. I got nothing more. I'm tapped out. If I gave 10% of my current budget, I'd be in the red this month. Like, there just, there wouldn't be enough. You see, that's what pre-tithers say. It's just a big wall. Like, I don't get it, Pastor. I don't know how by giving, cutting out about, I don't know how it's going to go further. See so you forget this God of the impossible. We forget that, that we have a God that honors obedience and can do the impossible. But an experienced tither says this: "I was young, and now I am old, yet I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging bread. Yes? Give and it will be given." To you, a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be poured out into your laps. For with the measure you use, it will be measured unto you. Test me in this, says the Almighty Lord, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not even have enough room to store it. You see, it's either faith or unbelief. You're either in with what it is that God wants to do and what God is asking for us to do, or you're continually trying to manipulate or to control, and you're never going to understand the blessing and the miracle that God has waiting for you. It's an all-in proposal. So here's what today can be for most of us here today. Today can be your first bear or your first lion. How did David take down Goliath? Because he recalled, this isn't my first Goliath. This isn't my first impossible situation. You see, it's scary, no doubt. But there's no story in turning and running. We don't remember the people's names who cut and run. You don't become a legend by hiding, hello? You become a legend by attacking. That's why we don't know any other soldier's name, but that's why we know David's name. Because it's faith to believe in the impossible. You remember what David said? Then that lion, then that bear, it turned on me, and I seized it by the hair, and I struck it down, and I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. What is this uncircumcised Philistine to me? God was faithful then. God is faithful now. You see, here's what I want to challenge you with today, friends, is that unbelief is going to throttle your mission. Unbelief will squash the impossible that God wants you to step into. You see, we're all going to face uncertainties, A situation that is impossible to solve, a sickness that is impossible to cure, a burden that is impossible to bear, a problem that is impossible to muster, a past that is impossible to forget, a blunder that is impossible to undo, a weakness that is impossible to overcome, a habit that is impossible to break, a relationship that is impossible to restore a hurt that is impossible to mend. A need that is impossible to meet. Anybody relate to any of those at any point in your life? You see, we all face impossible situations and circumstances. So it comes down to a decision for you and I this morning. It's either faith or it's unbelief. You either believe that God has something for me. God has something for Big for me. Listen, if it's your first time, yeah, it'll scare the life out of you. So you decide. Am I going to step in? Am I going to step into faith or am I going to give way to fear? Listen, this thing is far beyond Jim and Debbie. But none of this would be here in its current situation without Debbie and I facing our moment. Say, we don't know how to do it. We don't know if anybody will show up. We don't know where we'll meet. We don't know how long it'll last. We don't know how long it'll go. But God, if you've said it's time to move, then we're going to move. But you've built a comfortable life. You just built a brand new home. Things are going well. But if God said, move, then we're going to move. See, this could be my first bear. This could be my first lion. Because I'm about advancing the gospel, advancing the kingdom. And chances are there's going to be a Goliath showing up somewhere, someday. and something that I'm going to have to reach back to. Would you do it again? In a heartbeat. Would you do it again? Yeah, I would do it. Again, was it hard? Yeah, it was hard. But I'd rather live by moving than being frozen by fear and standing still. You see, our mission is to advance. I want to close in prayer with you this morning, and I want to give you a moment to consider your mission see, there may be some sense of the improbable or maybe even the impossible in your life today. But I want to encourage you this morning that you serve a God who is more than enough, who is beyond faithful, that if he puts a dream in your life, listen, I'm going to caution you, make sure you continue to listen to the right voice. It might sound crazy. That's why you need to know the voice of God. When he tells you to move, when you say, I don't know how, (laughs) it's just a Red Sea, God. How am I going to get through that? Get up and start moving. Listen, I've got to realize that a lot of times God doesn't open up the Red Sea until I take a step. If you'll remember a little bit later in that story that the priests were to take the Ark of the Covenant, the Jordan River was at flood stage. And they were to follow the ark, but the water was still at flood state. And God told Moses, tell the priest to walk. And the Bible says that the moment that their foot hit the water at the water's edge, that the Jordan River, much like the Red Sea, parted, and they walked through on dry ground. Listen, there are a lot of times in Scripture that the miracle didn't come until we got up and started to move. And I want to challenge you here today that whatever God is saying, you're trying to manipulate, you're trying to get all of your ducks in a row. Listen, God doesn't operate by you getting all of your ducks in a row. God operates by you being obedient to the voice of God and watching God come through. Somebody say yes. So I want you to pray about your mission. I'm excited for next week to hear about big dreams about our students. Yeah, 12-year-olds, 13-year-olds, 14-years-old. Raising $17 million to advance the kingdom. Pastor, that sounds impossible to me. Yeah, well, we're going to hear about the God of the impossible. Where is your mission today, church? What's stopping you? What's throttling you from, from doing great exploits for the kingdom? today could be the first day of your lion or your bear. A story, a legend that starts to be told. But you trust, yeah, it was hard. It's God faithful. Yes, God is faithful. I heard that there was a Marine slogan back in World War II. While we were mired in the midst of a world war, the Marines had a motto that says if it's difficult it's going to take a day or two if it's impossible it's going to take just a couple more days the story was told during that war that there were a platoon of marines who were surrounded by an enemy battalion they were far outnumbered they were entrenched around with sandbags and they said that they had a month worth of ammo the radio man called headquarters and said this is Panther platoon we're surrounded by a battalion of our enemy over HQ replied do you need air support over the Panther platoon answered back negative we have more than enough ammo we have gallant and dedicated marines we are not going to let the enemy escape over and out You see, even when it seems overwhelming, even when it seems like we're outnumbered, these guys had a mindset that says, we're going to win this thing. We're going to do this thing. I want you to bow your heads with me today, and I want to pray. I want to pray that God would instill within your spirit, within our hearts today, a mission that is far greater. Say, Pastor, you're going to pray for an impossible situation. I'm going to pray that God bring you to the place where you and I have nothing to hope, nothing to trust in, but Him and Him alone. For those of you that have been watching online today, that you'll hear this same heart, this same heartbeat today, that God is the same God who was then, that God is the same God today. Listen, the rise and fall of real life will never be on Jim and Debbie Grove. It's going to be on those of you that are here to carry the mission further and farther today. So as I pray over you and those that are watching today, I want you to be challenged and say, God, expand my mission. Cause me to have faith, not fear in facing the impossible. Some of you might even be bold enough to say, God, I'm I'm here. I want to hear from you to do great exploits for the kingdom. I want to be a legend in the gospel, a legend for you, for my family, that as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're rallying the troops, and we're going to believe, God, that you have something great in store for my family, for my contribution to the church of Jesus Christ. God, that you can take the little that I have and that you can make it much. So, God, I pray today, you who are faithful, you who are the circle, and forever, God, I pray your word of miracle, your word of mission today would, Lord, captivate our hearts. God, that we hear your voice, not to stand still, but to get up and move. God, enable us. Lord with sparks of the miraculous Lord with a mission that could be far above ourselves to do something for you God that you would bless it God I pray I will be faithful to your word to hear your voice God I will be faithful to what you have given to me to steward God with my money with the ability to impact to give Lord to fulfill the mission God that you would Lord, capture my heart today. Capture my heart today. For those of you that struggle here this morning, listen, the enemy is going to want to throttle you with unbelief. He's going to want to tell you how big, how big the obstacle is. But today I ask you to be steadfast to believe that you serve the God of the impossible this Goliath that stands before you, God will bring you victory today. Get up and move. Get up and move today. Step into what it is that God has for you today. So God, I ask for revelation upon your church this morning. God, I ask for this truly be a house of miracles. I pray, God, that we silence the voice of the enemy that wants to bring up my faults, my blunders, my pasts. My screw ups. And God, I begin to hear the voice of a God who hears that although I might be broken, that I am mendable, although the world might say that, that I'm I'm a consumable, that I'm a throwaway, that God, you've made me to be more than a conqueror today. That you have purpose for my life. So, God, I pray for big dreams today out of this place. Today, let there be the first bear, the first lion fall, one of many to come, that we are going to believe for you to do great and mighty things in our life. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.